Welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an eye. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two special guests, Lindsay McLaughlin. Hello. And Nancy Pop, who isn't here yet, but when she does arrive, you will know because her force is infinite. Uh, <laughs> Truly. Today, we are talking about the film Emma from 1996, the adaptation of the Jane Austen novel. Uh, before we begin, Lindsay, what is your history with Tony Collette? Okay, I thought you might ask me this, and unfortunately, I have only a very brief history with Tony Collette, but she seems to loom large in my mind, nonetheless. <laughs> um, I saw Hereditary, what was mm. that, last summer? Last, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if you guys have discussed on the pod, but I can I can do no spoilers. Good, I liked. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get there in about three years probably. Yeah. Um, I've always meant to watch United States of Terra. Oh my god. That's our fave show. So mm, good. Little Miss Sunshine, love. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think what else I know her in. Those are the three that come immediately to mind yeah it's fantastic that's pretty that's where she looms yeah yeah uh what is your history with jane austen <laughs> okay oh, um Whoa. i love <laughs> i love um Kira knightley jane austen movie pride and prejudice mm -hmm. yes i have kind of read pride and prejudice did you like read the four book, times? Emma, in anticipation of the podcast? Oh, I did. I for sure did. You I know, annotated it. Um, I uh, translated it into... I know all the characters' names and what purpose they serve in the f story. I did as much as Wikipedia the movie after having watched it Same. to make sure that Me I too. got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know how all of Tony's movies we've covered so far have like all been released in 1996. That Great year. That was the year I was released. Congratulations. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. So also, shout out to Clueless. Shout which, out oh to Clueless. Oh my God. This movie is based on Clueless. Yeah. It, yeah. Jane Austen wrote Clueless, it's like actually. A, she did. It's a worse version of Clueless, which, hot take, I don't love Clueless. I don't really see what the hype was about. I like But Clueless. I, I understand I like the iconography. Yeah. Um, what do, you, what do we like stuff. better, this or Clueless? Oh, um, not this. But I not. like them both in their own ways. Yeah, they serve different functions despite being the same story. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they were the same until I read the Wikipedia page for the movie. I, oh, that was I always all knew, I knew that Clueless this. was was based on Emma, but I never knew what Emma was about. And mm. like watching Clueless, I was like, "How is this a Jane Austen story?" But it, now it makes a lot oh, yeah. of sense, and also. Gwyneth Paltrow and Alicia Silverstein, Silverstone, Silverstone yeah, um, are twins. Are twins. They are so similar looking, and Tony Collette in this movie looks so similar to Brittany Murphy and Clueless. Yo, oh. that's true, actually. Wait, who's Brittany Murphy in Clueless? She's the the one who says you're a virgin who can't drive. Yeah, See, and she I has don't dyed remember red this hair. character. I only remember Dion. Oh. Oh, Brittany Murphy is central. Tony She's did Tony not played Dion though. No, she no, did no, no, not. no, no. Who she, is Dion? She Dion, plays the one Dion. I don't know. Was kind. Oh, Dion oh, is was um the the governess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which would make Turk from Scrubs, Mr. Weston. What? Mm. 
I don't know. Oh, I can't do that math. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Me thinks. Okay. And Paul Rudd was obviously the guy. Um, Mr. Knightley. Knightley. Mr. Knightley. Kira. I know. Knightley, if you will. Love Mr. Kira British Knightley. people. Um, yeah, Anglophile. I actually want to, real quick before we dive into the movie, I want to say that I have become recently. Due to these past two movies we've covered, because we already covered a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, I've recently actually become a fan of her after really not liking her for, like, ten years. You would say that this movie made you a fan of Gwyneth Paltrow? Not this movie. (laughs) Okay. But just recently in general. You would say that the pallbearer made you a fan of Gwyneth Paltrow? It made me, it humanized her for me. Does she love Ross in that movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was great. Um... But I actually, it was this, it was the video when she didn't know she was in the Spider-Man movie. Oh, that was great. I saw a thing on my Facebook. Yeah. But, it's, but I didn't watch really it. It's really funny. She's like cooking on some like YouTube cooking show and they're like, this guy's like, oh yeah, when we were, when we were doing Spider-Man and she was like, I wasn't in Spider-Man. He's like, yeah, you were, you were, you were in Spider-Man. She's like, I was in Avengers. And then she doesn't know. She was in Iron Man, too, right? Yeah, but so she, like, didn't... She thought they were all just Avengers, and then she realized... She didn't know she was the fourth-billed actor in Spider-Man, like, above, like, Zendaya and... This is my (laughs) dream, is to meet Gwyneth Paltrow and be like, you were in The Pallbearer, and for her to be like, I don't know what that is. She'll be like, I was in Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. But then I was, was in Avengers. There was a whole compilation of her, like, knowing jack shit about the Marvel Universe. Like, at every premiere. Paltrow, be like, you were in Shakespeare in Love, right? Um, I was in Avengers. Phone's going out. Oh, my God. No, but she Is would... You could tell her you were in the Avengers, and she would probably believe you. I really could. But then there was a whole compilation... Is this how I get in with Gwyneth Paltrow? She was saying things like, <laughs> on the set, on the red carpet for the third Avengers movie, she's like, uh, I've never actually seen an Avengers movie. Do you guys like Avengers? No. No. Okay, cool. I've never seen a movie. Do you like the Avengers? It's too many superheroes. It's too many. You can't have them all in one place. And the villains aren't <laughs> compelling to me. I, I love don't... a compelling villain, and I don't. I don't see that. Oh yeah, Loki is. Loki is no Loki. Scar. Oh, is Loki the man? Tom Hiddleston, whatever. Yeah. Hiddleston. <laughs> Why do I? I called Alicia Silverstone, Alicia Silverstein, and Tom uh, Hiddleston. Um, yes, Tom but, Hiddleston. Yeah, that what? is who he plays. Okay. I don't fuck with him. And um, mm-hmm. when I was in high school on Tumblr, and everybody, everybody was like, everybody was like, him. Hiddles. He's too I like, old. I, know. I it, think. I, his hairline's too far. Tom Hiddleston. Dated Taylor Swift for a while. Guys, what is the difference between Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch? There's a huge difference. Have you seen the one, and by the one, I mean the YouTube video of Benedict Cumberbatch being the lizard? All I know is that Benedict huh? Cumberbatch was in August Osage County. I fucked heavy with that movie, I and it got bad movie. reviews, but no. I loved it. I love. I, I really always think it. about when um, Meryl Streep goes, "You are a woman." Yes, and I say that to myself when I feel <laughs> Me like a woman. Too. She plays like that. That movie is based on my family. I or always, it could be. I always oh think about God, Julia. You kiss your cousin. Uh, no. <laughs> I always think about Julia Roberts like diving across the table and going, I am running things oh. now. And Her hair in that movie the was fish, legendary. Bitch. Eat the fish bitch is an iconic <laughs> scene. We used to like act that scene out in freshman year. Yeah. I like found the script online and we would do it. That makes me feel good that you guys like that movie because I've really never talked to anyone else besides Whoa, my mom wait. who I saw. We're it. just yeah. very studied um, wait, really quick, people with theater degrees. Should we talk about Emma? 
Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, sure. So. Oh, right. I'm I've seen hope. so many movies, it's hard. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh. Um, so part of what struck me about this movie is that, like, there have been stories honoring the interior. We'll cut that out. Cut. I cut out everything from this podcast that makes me look dumb. Good. Um, ah. That's your right. Everything and else that makes other people that look is your dumb right, and you should exercise it to make me look smarter. Okay, I really enjoy how this movie just goes to show that there have been stories honoring the interior lives of women for centuries, mm-hmm. and the fact that there is still this debate like raging on about whether women can lead movies like whether women-centered movies are viable Hmm. it's like they have been like this movie passes the bechdel test oh my god it does count as passing the bechdel test if all the scenes with women (sighs) are nancy hello nancy hi nancy i I thought i wasn't gonna take a look at you today but i did Fantastic. So these are your headphones if you wish to wear them. May I present Lindsay? Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Nancy. You You as well. And on air, no less. Are we going to cut that out and we're just going to have to start talking? No, we're going to leave it in. We're going to leave it in. Okay, so Nancy, the ground that we've covered so far, what is your history with Toni Collette? I, I've literally watched almost all of her movies, but I oh never knew her name <laughs> until you told me that you were doing a show about the discography of Toni Collette. And I'm like, who the heck is that? And then I started talking about her because I was actually filming a movie at the time, and everyone was like, Toni Collette. I'm like, oh my god, this is one of those awkward moments where I just don't know anything. Amazing. Okay, item number two. That's what we're here for. We're yeah. bringing it. We're bringing item, her to the audience. Item number. Item number two. Do you like the Avengers? Um. Yeah. Okay, um, so that's one for unpopular four. Unpopular opinion. On liking the <laughs> Avengers. Just because Gwyneth Paltrow, like, was I mean, in them. I don't have anything against it, but I'm not, like, a big fan. Yeah. You know. mm. Well. We're going to lose so many, like, of our five listeners. All. Your whole Avengers fan base. Just oh, kidding, because my mom and my boyfriend have never seen them either, so. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I think we're good. What about your family? Uh, my family doesn't listen to this. My dad turned off the Muriel's wedding episode after I said that I would invite a guy I almost fucked to my wedding. Oh, yeah. Um, a guy that you almost fucked? Yeah, because she does that in the movie. He j- oh, oh, sure. He, j- he just turned sure. it on and then turned it off again just now, your dad. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So we've barely talked about this movie, really. Yeah, we just um, talked about Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. I was saying that this movie does pass the Bechdel test because it counts if it's two women talking about how much they hate a third woman. I thought it wouldn't pass the Bechdel test, though. Right? You would think because the novel really... was written in the 1800s. But it was written by a woman. That, but it's also like it's about this woman hating all the women in her life and then trying to like n- like not be adored by men and yet is constantly adored by men. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> it's also it's kind hard. of like a remake of Clueless in a way. That's what my boyfriend said. <laughs> well, we Clueless is it. based on Emma. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Emma's based on Clueless. Oh, right. We already we already covered <laughs> yeah. that. We clarified that issue already. But I didn't know. I don't know. It was a good I don't know. Do we like the story? I, I like the story. I like it. I like that. Um, I like Tony Collette. Some, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Something that is connect. Something that connects 
this movie and a movie that I saw earlier today called Blockers, starring Leslie Mann and John Cena. I love about that movie. Being a it's cock blocker. So it's about good. parents cock blocking their kids, like yeah. at prom. But Blockers. like, but but it's like shockingly sex positive. Um, and it's about parents learning to be okay with their daughter's burgeoning sex lives. John Cena oh, butt chugs from a keg. Okay, and that, all, it, my asshole is so every, tight yeah. at you saying that. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I think uh, moist. <laughs> <laughs> but Leslie Mann's an icon, too. Leslie we should Mann do a podcast so about her. We Wasn't should. there a show like that on MTV like 15 oh, years ago? Oh, Parental Control. Ne- yeah. Oh my yes. God. I was going to say next, but... But I also, that is good. But, uh, That's the one where they have a bus. What? It's like a show about parents positive. being... It's about parents choosing your, like... Sex partner? Yeah, essentially. It, I mean, oh it's... God. Your first date. But it's basically like... They set it up as though these people are just going to bang, but the uh, parents are, like, supposed to kind of pick them. Ew. Yeah. But, you know, the parents obviously pick, like, the most cringy, like, white Christian... Like soulful man. Isn't it weird how America looks down upon the arranged marriages in many Middle Eastern cultures, but then makes that just a quirky television show for Middle America's entertainment? I mean, reality TV has no limits. Yeah. Kylie Jenner just had a Handmaid's Tale themed birthday party. Oh, what? (laughs) That was. Yeah. That, that was stylish. Um, but anyway, what Emma. reminded me of uh, the connection between Emma and Blockers that I have found is that the the male characters are so not central to the plot at all. It's like they'll appear for two seconds, and then the bulk of the movie is, um, the t- is like, women who are friends talking about the guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like the guys are incidental. Yeah, Paul Rudd has a pretty big role, but... Yeah. But well, he, it's, it's made bigger. <laughs> I'm just calling the character in Emma Mr. Paul Knightley. Rudd. Knightley. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Um, Mr. Knightley actually has a much bigger role in this movie than he did in the book. Yeah. The, oh, really? Uh, the script stayed pretty faithful to the book. I read on IMDb, but the screenwriter, Douglas McGrath, uh, sort of beefed up the banter between Mr. Knightley and Emma sure. so that it would make sense when they got yeah. together. It's got to be end. horny. And yeah. also, oh, like... Oh, it's so horny. Oh, it's so horny. It's I so love, the like, repressed, repressed British horniness. Those bonnets. It's the horniest thing oh my God. Made me so horny. The bonnets yeah. they were wearing. What about oh, that yeah, moment? Sure. That moment at the party uh, <laughs> when she just casually is just like, "We can dance. We're not brother and sister." And she walks away, and then it's just him going, "No, you're no, right." He's like, oh, "Okay, we but aren't like, brother and sister." Well, can I ask you this? Until that point, I thought they were. But they are. <laughs> yeah. They like They're literally the first close. line in the movie. Family, the first line in the movie <laughs> is, "You're practically a brother to me." Their siblings are married, so technically. Uh, if they had kids, they're. But that's cu- by marriage. Th- it that's would not be like, cousins. Yeah, it's not real. Their uncles would be also their. They're not blood related. Oh well, think of everybody at that time was marrying their cousins. It'd be weird if you didn't, frankly. I that's know. True. I know. Can I they're say honestly... my horniest moment? Yeah. Yes. My horniest moment is when she, and by she I mean Gwyneth as Emma, <laughs> is making fun of the Mrs. Bates. <laughs> Oh my no, god! Wait, that's not the that horny part. She but then he, her. then he, um, he like chases her out into the field and is <gasps> and like, show her. a little compassion. And she and then she's standing there like this, and he's standing behind her, and he's looking at her neck, and he keeps flashing from her hair to her neck, to her hair to her neck, and I'm like, when the eyes hit 
that neck is so <laughs> horny. I love it. Oh I God. was like, nice. That was a great moment. I also, I thought that that was such an insightful moment that really mm. analyzed like how social structures work. Mm-hmm. It's like now I know why it was um, fucked up for my more popular friends to make playful jokes at my expense. Right. Yes. Very astute. That's of a lie. I've, I've never been friends with popular. People. <laughs> You're friends with me. That's true. What was the name of of the the wife? Of the guy that she hated and threw a party for. Oh my! Uh, oh my God! Oh Who my then God. in the end was oh, the narrator? Mrs. Elton. No, she wasn't. Wait, isn't that a voice, gag? Her voice, like no, because I okay, thought wait. that too. Really quick, which women that she hated? The one that ended up marrying Alan Cumming? Yes. Or, oh yeah, I've just been calling her Mrs. Elton. My horniest moment was when she ate that scone and then she threw it away on the plate next to her when they were having tea together. Oh, oh my god. That is good. Oh my god, Sam, what was your horniest moment? I'm trying to think. Oh, well, I just said the the we're not brother and sister. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> when someone well, says they're not my brother. I know that I started I'm like, oh, hard. that availability. What was your horniest moment? Well, I know I said the bonnets, but I was kidding. I also don't think I felt horny once during That makes movie. sense. Mm. I can't That's say the shame. same. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know... It's okay. It had been a while since I'd seen like a real like period ass movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Period ass movie. <laughs> I love well, it when I bleed I out this... of my asshole. <laughs> I guess this period. Yeah. I mean this time period. I mean it reminded me of college. What? Like acting school. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. No. Not like, like um this watching was... <laughs> so many of the scenes in this movie, I was like, is this what my life would have been like if I continued with the acting BFA? It, it, yes. The answer is yeah. yes. It reminded me of my breakout role as Lady Bracknell in, in The Importance of Being Earnest. <gasps> you were in, in high that? school. Oh my God. Yeah, baby. You I always wanted to be in that show, but now I'm like a server. <laughs> You Me could too. do a silly accent <laughs> at work. I try um, that, yeah. So, sometimes. wait. We have to talk about Alan Cumming. Yeah, what oh was that God. about? Oh, my God. Seeing him in that made me so as, uncomfortable. As soon as he, like he... 15? As soon as he appeared, I, honest to God, gasped. Because I had not looked at the cast list. Oh, I saw he it in the Is he famous? Oh. Floop. He's a madman. Is he Floop from Yeah, he was Rooster okay. in Annie, the one that starred the, Kathy Bates the and Audra McDonald. I've the never seen Annie. Annie. Oh my God. I know Kristen Chenoweth is in that too. Yeah. I know about Floop. I wish Tony Collette was in it so that we could cover it on the podcast. Um, we could do like a palate cleanser I episode actually, between true. the seasons of United States of Terra oh, where we yeah. just talk about like other things. That's true. I actually met Alan Cumming once. Oh, my God. Oh my God that's right. I was there, but you I didn't say anything because I was too afraid. You were afraid. But then he bought later bought the bar I met him at and like kind of ruined Is it. Is he of Club Cumming? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just a... I didn't know that was a name. No, he, that he, owns that place. he owns it. It's not that it's a bad bar because it's cool. They have like... They do like queer performance art and stuff. But like before it was like the seediest... Mm. gay dive bar like ever and it was so oh, fun it was so fun though like it was a divey like i don't know i was there mm-hmm. a lot and i'm sad that there's a cover now oh <laughs> basically yeah. that's a drag i love alan cumming but i don't like watching alan cumming fighting over three different women <gasps> yeah oh in this movie really i didn't also, like his micro bangs yeah, <laughs> the yeah. turf bang. Also, yeah. I just kept picturing Floop the turf whole time because this was like around the time, or like not around the time, but like right before he filmed True. Spy Kids. Yeah, wasn't Spy yeah. Kids like ninety nine or no? 2000? Spy Kids was two thousand one or two thousand. Oh, yeah, so this well, was only a few years before that. Yeah. So the whole time I'm just picturing him like Floop, 
Yeah. As a madman. Was Floop his breakout? For really quick. Really I quick. So. I want to know if you guys had the same experience that I did in like kindergarten. Um, I just had the most vivid memory of kids in my class arguing over whether Shrek or Spy Kids was a better movie. Shrek. Shrek. Spy Kids. Sam, let's be Jake. real. Jake. I went to see a screening of Spy Kids held in my elementary school gym with my friend Erin, and her mom took us to McDonald's beforehand, and we got Chicken Select, and then, do you know That's, what I did during the movie? What? Oh, my God. I passed you. gas, <laughs> yeah. and I was mortified, and I will never forget that moment, despite the fact that I was so young, because it was one of the only have, uh, moments of public flatulation. I have a poop-related Spy Kids memory as well. Uh-oh. In That's the fact that scary. I was a very pretentious six-year-old, and I didn't like the movie because there was a poop joke in it. Sure. I, I don't that. even remember the poop there, joke. The and I've seen that movie The toilet flushing your poop. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Scarred me. I've seen that movie so many times. I didn't even see That's the sequel, horrible. but I wanted to because it looked better. I mean, I saw it on TV occasionally. Steve Buscemi. I know. The second I know. One of my few experiences with musical theater was with the Shrek soundtrack, which I very graciously played over and over and over and over and over and over. Oh, the again. Shrek the musical? No, oh. the Shrek oh. soundtrack. Which is That's from the DVD. <laughs> yeah. I would just play it over and over and over. It's a again. hella soundtrack. I always like that special feature that was like the Shrek karaoke with like yes. Cameron Diaz singing <clears throat> like a virgin. Oh my yes. god! No, that was Far Far Away Idol. Yeah. On the Shrek Two DVD, that main menu, ugh, you know, legendary. Is this okay. The second time Wait. we talked about Shrek on this podcast. Maybe back to Emma. <laughs> Um, the moment where we find out that Alan Cummings' character is just as classist as Ugh. Emma herself, and that mm. the trait that we are so deeply despising in him is leftover remains from the rhetoric of exactly her reasons why Tony Collette should not marry a farmer, mm. that struck me. Yeah, it was pretty, it was well written. Thanks, Miss Austin. Miss Austin makes great comments on class Austin. relations. Yeah, and I, I really, was, um, I also, I really, really loved the apology scene between Gwyneth and Tony right after. I when know. Yes, that was beautiful. I thought. Wait, you mean? Oh yeah, I thought you meant the one at the end. Oh no, the one in the middle where she says like, yeah. and when she initially starts it, she's like, "I'm sorry," and then she says like, something minor. I was like, "Don't." do this sitcom bullshit of like not communicating yeah. but then she does like it's one of those rare moments where I feel like maybe because um, old stories such as this don't need to have just one plot continuing throughout they're a little bit more like this happens and then this episodic. happens and then this mm. yeah it's more episodic uh, I like how they didn't really I guess Jane Austen and in initially writing it didn't really feel the need to waste time with like, let me lie to my friend about what happened, and we'll see what shenanigans oh, ensue. Yeah. Which, right. yeah, uh, what else did they have to do? You know? Yeah, I did appreciate her honesty at the very least. Like, it was actually kind of something new to just see someone being like, "Hey, yeah. here's yeah. what actually yeah. happened," and like, not. I did not see that coming, and like, she took full responsibility for her actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she kind of uh, put an end to her lying and scheming ways. Yeah. Emma? Yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, this character is written like she could easily not be likable because of what she oh, does. Oh, but she's so likable. But she's likable, I don't know. She's likable, I think, because she's the main character in a you way. You know what it oh, is? I didn't like her. Oh, you know what it is? Um, For me, initially, when Tony 
talked about her crush on the farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was that voiceover of Emma walking behind her oh, yeah. going like, come on, Harry, we can do better than this. I was like, that's me. No. <laughs> Whenever any of my friends talks about a guy that they like, I'm like, no, he sucks. That's so funny because every scene Tony was in, I was like, me. <laughs> Mostly when she was like dropping everything over at the poor people's that house. That was so funny when she thought oh. the riddle was about sharks. <laughs> that was so no, funny. She's I was like, like, you idiot. She's Harriet. the cutest person in the world in oh this movie. Oh my God. She's Every, so... like, all of my notes are basically just Tony is so cute. I loved this. This movie was like if Muriel from Muriel's Wedding like had supportive figures in her life that were in Rachel Griffiths. I like that. Why? Why were they friends? I don't remember. Oh, because Emma decided. Yeah. I think Emma is pretty pretty good character. It I was, feel like it was a very um, Elphaba Glinda thing. Oh, my God, yeah. Emma falls a little flat for me, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like she's a little two-dimensional. Like, she has mm-hmm. one desire, which is to help her friend, like, achieve something. Mm-hmm. But, like... It's kind of weird that really she's like, she I don't want to get married. Like, yeah, the whole, like, yeah. her whole thing is, like, I don't need to get married. I just want to be a fun matchmaker. Oh, yeah. Well, she doesn't like, like anybody. I feel like true. the whole reason that she's a semi-likable I character she was a is because, oh, yeah, uh, well. Yeah, probably. I feel like the one of the main reasons why she's a semi-likable character is because she's a character whose life is marked by tragedy. And despite the fact that she finds fun in, like, fucking up other people's lives, She's really loyal to her dad, who's kind of an annoying person, mm-hmm. but she very genuinely like wants to take care of him. So yeah. you can see yeah. that there's some depth beyond her just being well, like a superficial to... like party girl of society. She like goes to like less fortunate people's homes and like makes them soup and stuff. Yeah, but then it's revealed that she's not actually that compassionate. Right. And she does a lot of that just because she thinks... Optics. That, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. at least she's doing it. Yeah, that whole speech so. that they had outside of the gate where she's like, oh, well, I'm a woman of society, but I'm single, but it's okay because I'm of society. Yeah. Whereas, like... Yes. I wrote that woman. down. Yeah. I wrote that quote down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost did. I don't know. I really liked her, and I think that I was endeared to her because of Gwyneth Paltrow's acting, which was actually really her good. Her cherubness. Yeah. Mm. And she's not even British. Yeah, yeah, she has a good. I why also, was she oh, cast and in this? the uh, uh, Douglas <clears throat> McGrath, who both wrote and directed this, said that what sold him on her was that she had a very good Texas accent. Yeah. Uh, when she came in the room, he could tell that she was like a lady of the theater. I think that this <laughs> may have been before she like really blew up. Um, it, it was like her first or second major movie. Yeah, because. Uh, Mr. Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. In, I noticed during oh, yeah. production before production for this insisted that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow do the pallbearer before this movie. Why? He said, "I get. To I have get, no idea. Gain some traction. I think to gain mm. some traction with her as like a marketable lead, maybe. And maybe sell tickets to this movie. Because apparent, I guess the pallbearer is um more." has more mass market appeal mm-hmm. than mm. Emma. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like people... Which is crazy because they're both kind of movies about sociopaths. They but... used to make more period pieces like this like more often, I feel like. Have like you guys nowadays... seen Sense and Sensibility? No. no. Oh, the Emma Thompson one? It does not have the the same kind of <gasps> glamour that Emma and Pride and Prejudice I watched have, the first half of Sense thinks. and Sensibility, actually, because Emma Thompson is like a legend. Yeah, of course. 
Alan Rickman's in that too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, where are we with the <laughs> the plot? <laughs> we don't really. Um. What time is it? Oh, it's seven forty-eight. Um. Don't tell the listeners what time it is. Um. In the morning. This is a live <laughs> podcast. This is live. Um. So as you're listening, they don't to know this what time is zone. when we're saying it. So everyone knows the plot of Emma. Um, everyone knows the plot like of Emma. Like she's just trying to set well, up her friends. Like seen. Tony's Lewis. amazing. Um, what else have we not talked about? Can we talk about the fact that um, Tony was 24 when this was made? Ugh. Oh fuck! What? And I honestly, can I say that I had never imagined her in a role of this nature? And when you guys told me that this was the movie that we would be watching, for a second I was like, oh, maybe the whole like gag of this podcast is that they're not Tony Collette movies and they're gonna make <laughs> me make me watch it and then prank me <laughs> that she wasn't even in it. And I think of her as a very like dark kind of character. Oh, of like very gaunt and like mm-hmm. sallow and troubled. She's very unglamorous as a performer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she was so like sweet and Jolly. chipper and innocent and it was it was a whole new dimension. Mm. Yeah. She gained for weight me. for this role and also Again. for Muriel's Wedding, which was her first oh. major film. I don't know. I don't know why she, she keeps doing that. She's always like gaining and then losing. She gained forty pounds for um, um, Muriel's wedding. wedding. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of hard to do in seven I weeks. Feel like. Yeah, that's in wild. You've got to really be causing pounds. yourself pain. She was also like twenty-two. Yeah, when she did that. I don't think that's healthy. That's no, because you ha- your metabolism is still just like high, high as shit, and then yeah. to gain forty pounds in, in seven, seven weeks, weeks? I mean, you have like, to be oh, eating like two Big Macs a day. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. like skinny, yeah. which like I'll happily do. But mm. oh, if I had to gain forty pounds for a role like right now, um, I guess I would. I don't. <laughs> I, I do don't it. think I could ever lose forty pounds though. You I don't. I don't I just have lost the, twenty recently. Um, the only thing what? I did was stop drinking like a lot of beer. Oh. Now I just drink a little beer. <laughs> a Does little wine beer. count as beer? <laughs> yeah, is wine beer? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, wine's actually. It's probably better for you. Than I used to be beer. a beer, and then I was a red wine, and now I'm a white wine. Oh, so sure. you tell me what's next. Yeah, I'm oh. I'm growing into an older white woman. So I have some notes. Um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor, what? It's oh, insane yeah. that they cast Ewan McGregor as an ugly creep because he is hot. I so thought, let's just I recognize really he was actually. This, I really enjoyed his character in this movie. I thought he, he was supposed to be a weirdo. He's the one he was who shows to be up the on the sexy horse. one in town. He's the one who shows Stranger up on a horse, town. right? And yeah. he's like, I guess you have to live here now. <laughs> yeah, but also, why did she I... drive her carriage into the lake on purpose? No, that, that was, was an accident. So dumb. No, but that she went into awesome. the lake on purpose. Her trotting. It looks oh, deliberate. You know what? Oh. I, thought you was, I thought she had just like misjudged it's the depth a, of the puddle. It was a lake. I thought it was a huge puddle. I feel like <laughs> Jeremy Northam, who played Mr. Knightley, should have played Frank Churchill. Yes. Because mm-hmm. Jeremy has more mm-hmm. of that like devilish, like bad yeah. boy, like I'm two timing girls would have been kind of great look. At, um, and then Ewan McGregor is like, oh my God, it's like Fabio if Fabio was actually hot and like yeah. in his mid twenties. Maybe yeah. he, I he was wasn't a really a big interest. name yet um, either. I, I don't think know. that uh, Mr. Oh Knightley should have been played by Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. And 
Um, Frank Churchill should have been Jared Padalecki, and Mr. Oh, Elton should have been Matt Zucri. I don't know who any of those people are. They're three of Rory's major love okay, interests on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I knew. I knew. I knew. Lindsay knows. Oh, yes, this was his first movie after Train Spotting, and he said he wanted to do something different. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, this is deeply it. different than Train Spotting. <laughs> um, I loved that, like, open mic piano. Like oh, that was soiree so they had. Yeah. It turns out he just wants to sing. That was like Glee and Moulin Rouge. Now I need a poll right here. Can Which I ask performance? A yes. Sorry. Wait, you're taking a no, poll. No, please. No. I'm... Is it about the open mic? No. Okay. So I have a poll for you guys. Okay. What is a better performance? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow playing the piano and singing in this, mm-hmm. or her performing Forget You by Seal Green on Glee? Oh, Glee. 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 <laughs> Oh God! That was Those a priceless moment in Jake, history. Jake, you could ask me to compare anything and a Glee performance, and I would choose the Glee performance. Forget you though. That make like, like loses you. major okay. points well, because wait. it's the, the all of the version. all all of the Glee kids rolling around in wheelchairs singing oh my God. singing Proud Mary. Uh-huh. I forgot about is that. Is better than. <laughs> Anything I have ever it's seen. Better than the pallbearer. A cactus slowly drowning in a lake on like a time lapse. A cactus drowning? Would have been better than the pallbearer. I bearer. actually really like the pallbearer, to be honest. I have to watch it now. Anyway, uh, what anyway. else is in this movie? Oh, you, ha- you were going to say something. Oh, I wanted everyone to um, tag themselves as either Harriet, Emma, or. Jane Fairfax. Fuck Jane Fairfax. Oh, I already know I'm Emma's dad. Did they just get her off the (laughs) street, too, that actress? Yeah. Because she she had zero. I guess she was also playing a boring character, but there was zero shit going on there. Oh, she didn't need to do anything. That should have been Kristen Stewart. It should. (laughs) She was probably like. Kristen Stewart is a genius at making boring characters. She was probably like six. If that was Kristen Stewart, that would have really changed. The tone of those scenes—that's definitely true. I I would Ooh. die to see a cut of this movie where Jane Fairfax is six years old, and Gwyneth Paltrow was just like, "She's such a bad conversationalist." <laughs> I am, I'm very much a Harriet. I think. What about you, Nancy? I think I'm a Mrs. Elton, which I know wasn't an option, but Ooh. like that's really who I would be if I was. In you this. should have played that role. Honestly, yeah. thank you. Because you were two. So. Yeah, it as a been... two-year-old Mrs. Elton, I feel like I could have done a much better job at portraying the historical significance. Definitely. My favorite line from Mrs. Elton was, um, do you want to do a line reading of this, Nancy, because you are her? Yes, thank okay. you. Okay, <clears throat> what's this? Well, I never compliment myself, but my friends do tell me I know how to make a sandwich. Oh my God, that, that was is a line. Uh, really good This is the tweet. Line. Murdered me. Right, so who are you? That's when she eats that oh. uh, scone that I was talking. Oh yeah. It's a. Oh yeah. I already moment. said I'm Emma's dad. Oh that. Uh, oh. And what are you? I don't know. I don't actually identify as a Harriet and Emma or a Jane Fairfax. I think that you're a little bit too savvy to be a. Harriet. Maybe you're a Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, no, because she's too kind. True. Yeah, I I don't really want to be an Emma. I it would be wild to self-identify. Oh my as god, a are you a Miss Bates? Yeah, you're a Mrs. Bates. Which one is Mrs. Bates? The one Bates she again? like drags. Is she is she moaning Myrtle? 
Oh or is she God, moaning Myrtle's that's mom? What I'm, I wrote down. I know that it's not the actress who played moaning Myrtle, she's but she not. sounds exactly. No, oh, but the she elderly. sounds exactly yeah, like her, and she plays somebody me. else in one of the Harry Potter movies. She what? plays Mafalda something. <gasps> no, I looked it up. Yeah, wait, because I'm I was shocked. like, because I was like, this is for sure moaning Myrtle. I thought it was her. It's not her, right? Um, I would know. No, I think you're her, but I'm not being mean. Okay, <laughs> Jake, who are you? I'm I'm Harriet. You're Harriet. Um, um, real quick. My favorite line. Wait, why are you Harriet? Because I'm always like dropping shit. <laughs> Albums. My favorite beats, line the from ball. Emma's dad uh, was when Emma says, "Did we get an invitation to that party?" Um, and he goes, "No, thank God. We'd have to go outside to get there." She's <laughs> she's like waiting for the mail. The set design was beautiful, might oh I God. say, oh, and I, the cinematography. I, I really say, like, enjoyed. I love this, like, era of rich people, like, doing literally nothing with their days, but, like, walking around, shooting arrows, pouring tea, playing oh with God. potted plants. Oh, that full-on tea party that was in the middle of a field with, like, a mm. tablecloth. Oh, for two people? Yeah. I no. want that. <gasps> Fantastic. Oh, and then when she's sitting alone in a tent with, like, a giant tent with a tea set, like, writing a letter. Oh, my God. I love when mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, I'll just paint a portrait of my best friend. I'll just do it. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. It's Yeah, fine. not gay at all. Yeah. <laughs> I loved her art. She was an artist. I really liked her art. I was. I would hang if she like painted a tapestry. I would hang that in my room. Mm -hmm. I love when she went up for the piano moment and right. But like her deciding factor was that the guy was like, "Oh, I think Mrs. Fairfax is gonna play." She goes, and that's when she starts her solo. Mm, Yeah. I will not let. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. I think I was kind of asleep at that point. My boyfriend was falling in and out of sleep the whole time. He'd wake up and be like. Oh, it's just more rich people painting. It was hard to finish. In I one really go, kind of. It was really long. It yeah. was long. Yeah. I was like an was, hour and a half. It was a, like, There's still 40 It was left. a full two hours. Yeah. Too long. Um, something too that I, long. Something that I enjoyed were those moments of Frank and Emma just gossiping at whatever party they found themselves at. Mm. I feel like mm-hmm. Emma is constantly searching for information about everybody around her. Yeah. And then when Ewan McGregor would come in and be like, so here's what's going on with this person and with this person. And I was like, yes, That's like, just thing keep that reminds going. reminds me of college, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was a moment in the film where I thought that Frank Churchill was actually gay. Yes. Oh, yeah, because uh, yeah. he's in Clueless. Is he the, <gasps> is he the gay he is? one in Clueless? Oh, probably. I don't right. I don't remember that Clueless. happening. There's in that. Uh, there's there's a guy who Emma who uh, who Cher tries to date in Clueless, oh, and yeah. then he ends up being and gay. And they go to the club. Yeah. The club. And they. they go to the club. I just remember there's that scene where she like flips her hair while she's on the bed, and then she falls off the bed. Yes. And she's like, he doesn't notice me. But oh, in yes. this movie, uh, uh-huh. she doesn't like him because she's gay. Um. There's that moment where she says like. When he left, I felt listless and I had a headache. So I guess that means I'm in love. That was funny. Anyway, oh, yeah. back to my best friend Harriet, who no man is ever good enough for. She was. Oh sweet. my god! When she told Harriet that she was actually going to marry the guy she had a crush on. Oh my god! You could see Tony crying, but oh, then she's like, so "It's sweet. all right. I'm marrying my friend, the farmer." I didn't really think that she actually had a crush on Ellen Cummings' character, though. No, I mean at the end when she had a crush on Mr. Mr. Knightley. Knightley. Because she kept having crushes on people. Yeah. But only because yeah. Emma was insisting that she had to have a crush on them. Maybe like, she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I always thought that her They're feelings for the farmer were true. Lesbians. Oh, definitely. I, mean, I really she belongs, liked the farmer. She belongs with the farmer. I need the fanfic, yeah. um, the slash 
fem slash fic yeah. of Emma Harriet. I'm sure there. I'm sure oh, it's yeah. out there. There's um, fanfic for should everything. Should we give some awards? You think? Or? Yes. Uh, We're about out of time. Yeah. So here on the Zoning oh, Award. Oh, so, so quick. I just want to point out there's a line when um, Emma says that Harriet has a crush on Mr. Knightley, and she's really upset about it, and she says, you know, we don't know who Harriet's parents are. They could be pirates. They could be pirates. Which I really enjoy. Pirates. Okay. I just screamed that into the microphone. <laughs> okay, That's so here on the Tony Awards, uh, we give out three awards for each movie. We have best prop, best Tony moment, and then a custom award to anybody's specifications. Yes. So, Lindsay, do you want to tell us what your best prop was? I really do want to say my best prop, and I was a little bit concerned that I would repeat what somebody else had said because this is so clearly the best prop oh, for I me. I think I know what you're talking the, I, about. I, I, was watch, I was waiting the whole movie, and then it came out, and I was literally like, oh, my God. Harriet Smith Most Precious Treasures Bag. Yes. I literally was like, get me one of those. I feel like it's the equivalent of Pulp Fiction, um, Samuel L. Jackson's wallet. Or is it John Travolta's wallet? No? I haven't seen Pulp Is that Fiction. lost on the crowd? I haven't yes. seen Pulp Fiction because Tony Clark's not in it. You haven't seen Pulp Fiction? I, I know, right? seen it either. Oh, I read the really script when I was 12 good. because Whoa. my parents had a copy of the script for some reason. My um, parents said it was bad. I actually really like Pulp Fiction. I love it. I mean, I know the Halloween costume. I know Ugh. that there's that song. Wait, did your parents about... buy that script from one of those script peddlers in Times Square? I don't think so. It seemed like um, <laughs> it, it seemed like a legit like um, like it had a picture. Like, I want to do that. Like it had a picture of Uma Thurman on the cover. As most scripts do. Yeah. As all dead giveaway. Do. It wasn't like a, it, it wasn't like a drama bookshop I want, type script. I it hope was Uma like Thurman like like in had... a movie with Tony soon. I want to see her. Yeah. I can only watch movies with Tony now. Sure. Okay. Wait, Nancy, do you want to say what your best prop was? Oh, yeah. My, I didn't really have a best prop, but I did have, I mean, it is kind of a prop, I guess. It's more of a wardrobe detail. I loved the baby doll dresses that they all wore during the dance sequence because I was just thinking to myself, like, okay, if I lived in this time period and I I got to wear one of those dresses to a party, I could eat however much food (laughs) I wanted because, like, no matter how bloated you get, you just look, you are Mm -hmm. bloated in that dress. Like, the Mm -hmm. moment you put it on, you're just like... Did you they could not eat have or drink on? whatever you want. I, I mean, don't it think didn't they look did. like it, no. Hmm. Which, good for them. Yeah. Because I don't support corsets in period pieces because they're unhealthy. And mm. I think that in... Oh, like today? Yeah, I think yeah. that in acting programs, when the whole first year is like Hala Strauss, the movement coach of Marymount Manhattan College, saying, take care of your body. It's your instrument. Take care of your body. And then you get to like your third year when you're doing Ibsen and Chekhov and shit, and they're like, put on a corset. Fuck your body. It's like... Be it's, we're yeah, other feminists like, or we're move not. Your organs around like that sounds fun. Yeah, ouchie. yeah. But I guess I could be into a course that has like a transcendental experience, but in the same way that I would be into giving birth with no painkillers. It's like oh putting yourself in a, in a salt pod. Mm. Emma Watson oh, refused to wear a corset. <gasps> yeah, he for she. She refused to wear a corset for Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, what's, what's good that for modern her. day corset that people have now, where it's like a Spanx? No, no, it's like a tummy trainer or like a oh, waist, waist trainer. Oh, waist, waist trainer. trainers. I, my boss at work so wears one of those all the time up. as a corset because I work in this like speakeasy bar. Um, so she wears her waist waist trainer, passes it off as corset, like makes cinching. her waist look tiny. They're she's really like, scary. I like it. it. It aligns my spine. It's well, like it also you don't have scoliosis. It's like if you're doing a period piece and you're 
you're going to wear a corset for the historical accuracy, then you also have to not shave your pits or legs. Yeah. Anyway, my best prop was Ewan McGregor's wig. What about you, Jake? My mm. best prop, aside from Harriet Smith's most precious treasures. So good. Which, yeah, you're right. I was waiting the entire movie, and I'm like, <gasps> ding, 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 best yeah. prop. But it's okay. I said feminism. Your best prop is feminism. Mm-hmm. Feminism is a prop to you. It was in this movie a little bit. It totally was. For better or for worse. Yeah. I'll let you guys uh, unpack that yourself. <laughs> in private. Thank you. I'm going to go home and cry now. <laughs> All right. Best Tony mom. Okay. Best Tony mom. Nancy, do you want to go first? Mine was uh, when she turned and saw the farmer in the pouring rain. And they looked at each other. That was another wet moment as well. Oh, but. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. That it was, was good, like, cinema, like, visually speaking, it was very beautiful, but it was also the first time that she actually was able to confront her own emotions and, like, not be told by Emma what to think or feel. Like, she was just genuinely the farmer. That's mm. so true. The farmer. Which was beautiful. It was beautiful to see her just kind of owning that within herself. Even if she doesn't tell Emma later, at least she knows it's true. That's yeah. true. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Lindsay, what about you? My best Tony moment would have to be when she is flashing back to um, what she did at the Clark's house when she was dropping the stuff, like Jake said. And there's a moment where she gets a little bit of lettuce on her shoulder and she runs around in a circle trying to chase the lettuce off of her shoulder. And I was dying. That was so good. I didn't know she was such a legendary physical comedian. Yeah. Truly up there. Um, that reminds me of that soup talk that she has when they're walking in the woods together. And then Emma's <laughs> like, oh, I just I just dropped my shoe in the mud. And then she's, like, getting that little boy to, like, walk her over. So I, I don't even, didn't I don't, get that I didn't understand all. what that was about. Mm-hmm. What did I do but, with the soup? Well, I, I heated it up. heated it up. Me? Okay, my best funny moment was early in the movie. Um, they're, like picking apples but they're like swatting at them with the apple picking nets or whatever and she's just having a normal conversation and then she turns towards the camera and goes ah! like with joy and then swats I'm like you just saw more apples like I love your commitment to this but like what's so special about this apples that you had to scream I don't know also, Her, she looked so joyful though was that when they were like with the nets mm-hmm. I thought that they were like looking for butterflies I think they were catching apples in Catching nuts. apples, yeah. Isn't that how you do it? Yes. Um, I've never caught an apple so much as picked it, but maybe, maybe she that's saw how a you butterfly on the apple and decided to kill it at that yeah. moment. Because I was wondering, because I was like, it doesn't look like there's any butterflies around, but they're swinging those butterfly nets around. <laughs> Very viciously. Yeah. Uh, what well, was your moment? My best Tony moment. Um, was there's a moment where Emma is talking about some woman who she really doesn't like. It was either Mrs. Elton or Jane Fairfax. And she's like, well, there's only one thing to do when you hate a woman as much as this. Uh, I have to throw her a party. And Tony just lights up. She's just like, a party? Like, it's almost like her reaction to a party being thrown is completely independent from this previous bitch fest. She's always like... That's so nice, though. It's like, that's really the way you should be living your life. It's just like, it's a party. Yeah, no, it's so nice. It's such a sweet moment. Tony's always acting in the background of things, though. She's like one of those people who was like, I'm not the focus of the scene, but I will be doing the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so custom awards. Custom awards. Who wants to go first? Best opening sequence. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, you liked it? That globe 
I felt like I was in a Highlights Kids magazine, but it was being put on screen. That was so yeah. weird. I kind of was like, can I turn this off? Oh, I loved it. I could have just watched that. I was like, this is this is gorgeous. Yeah. Ahead of its time, really. Yeah. yeah. Was all that, right. That's all I had to say. Was that both that. of your custom awards? I wanted to talk about my horniest moment. Oh, okay. But yeah. I already shared. Do you have any <laughs> other horny moments to squeeze in? Oh, God. Yeah. I would need to think on that. It it was kind of a slow burn for me in yeah. terms of horny moments. But while you're thinking about horny moments, Jake, what was your So I had the. You have so many notes for this movie. I always. And I have the. I have barely any. I have the college uh, or high school theater award for. Uh, costumes and like mismatching costumes and props, because. <laughs> To be fair, I didn't really think any of it really went together. Like, visually, it was just all kind of like a period grab bag. I keep saying period. Period Um, ass. Period ass. But no, I I really like that. And I also want to give an award to really random filmmaking choice. Because the movie is very standard as a whole. But when the, like we said earlier, when Mrs. Uh, Elton turns directly towards the camera <gasps> oh, and yeah, says that was something up. weird. But then I'm like, oh, she was the narrator? Weird. But then the next scene is the globe again, and there's a different narrator who is the actual narrator. Yeah. So I'm what? confused as to why they broke the fourth wall, just so she could like comment on that was her so wedding dress. That was so unsettling. I felt seen. Mm. I think I fell asleep before that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, best, that award is... That award is I See You 90s. You were hiding for most of this movie, but you're back. Mm-hmm. Another horny moment was every time Mr. Elton said, I can't do that, I'm old and married now, and then would walk away. Oh, and when oh, she kept yeah. talking over him? Yeah. That was, that was feminist. Oh, that was feminism, yeah. Um, All right, what's your custom award? My award was Best Horse. <laughs> oh. And you mean the one to... that ran into the lake? <laughs> Yeah, she did it on purpose. She was, was, she was just her. obeying Gwyneth. And also I feel really bad because it, the movie kind of implied that Gwyneth left the horse there. When the, when the guy shows up and yeah. is like, ha let's get you back home. And she's oh, like, okay, shit. and hops out that carrot. I want to know what happened. I always wondered what happened. Well, no, yeah. I think that I they, that they pulled the horse out. And then just let him out. Because yeah. he wasn't trapped. It was, her that, it was the wheel that was trapped. Yeah. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a real-life news article tomorrow that's Gwyneth Paltrow stranded in a carriage in a lake <laughs> wearing a horse can't be found whatever she was wearing a, a gown a nightgown period ass nightgown a period ass nightgown very true uh, breaking wait, Lindsay, herself do you have another out. horniest moment I I don't have another horniest moment but I do want to comment on a different moment that's sad and not horny which is when it can um, still be horny Tony gets rejected at the ball. Oh, oh my God. And um, Mr. Elton is like, I know I'm old and married, but me thinks I would like to dance with Victoria. And then Ugh. the woman that he's talking to says, no, you may not, but you may dance with Harriet. And he says, ooh, I'm too old and married for that. But and then, her face oh my God. is heartbreaking. I didn't she's really understand what his whole squirrel was with Tony. He was, yeah. yeah, because he was very clearly into her. Like, I know that he yeah. says he wasn't, but, like, there he was... He was just classist. 
Yeah. I felt like he felt bad that he was using her to get closer to mm-hmm. Emma. But That's I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I didn't think he was into her at all. Uh, so it kind of made me question what the commentary on the whole class system within dating at the time was jury about. Is oh, out. I read that um, the whole point of the book is that Emma gets kind of humbled by the end and learns to like overcome her classism. Mm-hmm. But the reason why that doesn't necessarily read on screen is because it's Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah I oh saw my that god. Too. Oh my god. Yes. I actually did have a horny moment. I realized. Please. <laughs> when they were shooting the arrows and like mm-hmm. she like winked at the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the cover. Yeah. Is her with the Oh arrow. yeah. That's a sexy scene and those Being gloves cheeky. were very like Oh, her leather gloves. Contrasted yeah. with her like pink nightgown. I Red leather see this, gloves. like screen rendition as being about her becoming classist. Because she's, like, trying to break the classism of Mr. Elton so that he would be with Tony, which he ends up not doing. And then by the end of it, like, she's learned that people do actually stick to their class system regardless of her efforts. Yeah, but at the same time, she's also telling Tony not to go for the farmer because he's below her. And then at the end, when Tony does go for the farmer, she's like, oh, well, she's happy and I'm happy. Well, she was just and relieved it does, that it, she didn't get mad It at does. Her. They do end up sticking with their own classes in the end. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm wondering, like, what really is the commentary that, like, yeah, you can try, but you'll fail? Or, yeah. Maybe. You know, I think, didn't really leave off on it, like, a super... She was humbled, though, by that moment when he looked at her neck. (laughs) Yeah, I was humbled by that moment. I think that in the end, she learns to pursue love rather than status, whereas previously she had been trying to arrange... Oh, yeah, because the whole thing with the farmer as well, Harriet, would be like, we have good conversations. I enjoy him as a person. Yeah. Um, I am truly humble. Well, it's, And she it's, wasn't going to marry when, it, when she was just thinking of marriage in terms of status, but then she fell in love with her brother. And she said, I actually got to get Aren't they actually yesterday. related in Clueless? Like, they, they're actually brother and sister. They're step-siblings. That's they're, still gross. No, they're former step-siblings. It's, oh, yeah. The whole deal is that her dad has had many, many marriages, and he was her stepbrother. <sighs> Back That's when her disgusting. dad was married to his mom, like no. years ago. Okay, Woody Allen. I know. Can we? Could they have not just updated that <laughs> if they're gonna make it? It modern. really should have been like cousins. the kid who lives next door yeah. in the in, in Clueless. It would have been so easy. Apparently, this director Douglas McGrath he wanted to set it on the yes. modern day Upper East Side. Oh, I read that. Imagine a version of Emma. Was already a imagine. Wait, yeah. whoa, wait. Let's do a reboot of Emma that takes place at Marymount Manhattan College about one main stage helping a girl who has been in mere directing projects pursue the people who have been in the main stage productions at Marymount Manhattan. And she goes, oh, no, there's this, like, playwriting student who I think is really cute. And she's like, no, you have to marry up. You have to go for whoever was the lead in... Pericles. (laughs) Humbled about Pericles. Oh. Sorry, I got to get that in there. Sorry, Lindsay. That's okay. I'm still wrapped with um, attention. And I hope our and, listeners and, understand. Uh, and, and Mrs. Weston is Kenny Finkel. That's our podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thank, oh, Everybody, uh, uh, let's all leave off. Anything on, to plug? Um, we have to get out oh, of here. Oh, fuck. That's right. <laughs> Okay, yeah. We're going to have all your Twitters and Instagrams and stuff in the show notes, but is there yes. better do you guys have any upcoming shows, any upcoming oh projects gosh. coming up that you want to plug? Um, this is going to come out in like two or three weeks. Oh, in I, two or three weeks, I will be in Central Pennsylvania filming The Moloch. 
it's a film that I'm working on. You guys should check it out. Hell yeah. I really can't say where I'll be in that time, but <laughs> hopefully living well and being yeah. happy. <laughs> we can plug our improv group. Yeah, oh, we yeah. can plug our improv group, Tight Principles. Who, tight. Um, tight. Who do shows frequently with two or three hours notice. And with l- less than half of the members. Yeah, but <laughs> we've been grinding, so, you know, yeah. we might still be grinding in two or three weeks. Hopefully. I feel like we, we should all always be grinding Amen. on each other. ABG. How is always be grinding. All right. We also have a podcast called the Tony Awards. Oh, yeah, you should listen, listen to, to our podcast, the Tony Awards. Okay. All right. I'm Jake. I'm Sam. I'm Nancy. And I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Thank you. <laughs>